Oh, some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. Yes, coming in hot, Season 2, Episode 11, Football Played on Paper Podcast. Stack show today, boys. We've got uh, weekly happenings um, and there's a little uh, Super League chat in there, so I know everyone loves to hear that. Someone apparently went home somewhere, apparently, in transfer news. Uh, Full round to cover in the Premier League. Um, And we've also got Dollar Dom's multi uh, so, yeah, not that exciting towards the end there with Dollar Dom's multi to close it out. But uh, I might start with you, Job. How, how you feeling, mate? You still, have you calmed down a little bit or have you still, have you stopped, stopped yeah. crying? Like what stage are you at? Yeah, um, I'm acceptance. Um, so now, now it's real. <laughs> it's happening. I'm moving through the stage <laughs> of happiness um, up to third. <laughs> Almost lost to Wolves. Um, yep. But, hey, Ronaldo's home. So okay. do you regret burning his shirt two hours before he signed? Yes or no? <laughs> uh, not any more than I regret burning the Paul Ince one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice one. Um, Barney, you must be feeling good. The Spursies haven't spurred it up yet and they're on top. Spurs on top and Arsenal at the bottom. How much better can things get at the moment? Yeah, not so, Jobber. What, what did you call the table? A North London sandwich to get into. So we'll have to Yeah, get into North London later. sandwich. Halsey, and you, you're doing all right. I mean, you got a lucky pen on the weekend, but uh, apart from that, <laughs> yeah, we'll get into right. that. Aside yeah. from yourself, I'm probably the most disappointed out of the, all of us with uh, Spurs being on top and Ronaldo heading back. But uh, yeah, tough, tough I'll take week it. for you. Uh, the yeah. job was job will make up for your energy. Don't worry about that. You'll keep, we'll I'm sure it will. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that as I said, stack show. We've got a bit to get through. Um, so let's go, Barn. Let's go into weekly happenings. All righty. First one we've got here is Mr. Robert Lewandowski and. As one of our fellow pod members loves to say, it's time to put some respect on his name. He's just racked up 300 goals for FC Bayern uh, in his 333rd game, which is a ridiculous goal return. Um, and just want to remind everyone that he came to Bayern on a free from Borussia Dortmund back in 2014. So, Tom, that hurts. Is he the most underrated striker in the world? Underrated striker. Have you lost your goddamn mind, Sam? <laughs> Come he's on. Just, isn't he? He's just a bit um, out of sight, out of mind for some um, most yeah. fans, isn't he? he Bayern's not a big Bundesliga. enough club to like be talked about enough, are they? Like, <laughs> well, not, they don't not, win the league for, every year. Not for YouTube. <laughs> Is this some sort of fucking G-up? Like, you no, not, just trying to roll me up. <laughs> not for um, not for YouTube followers and social media followers of football, I think. He's, he's a little bit out of sight, out of mind. Obviously, um, <laughs> everyone else is across him. So job, yeah. like, he, like he's you, amazing. He, he's amazing. Like he's he's the like the best number nine, like general genuine number nine in world football. Like Ronaldo, sort of a converted winger type thing. Um, he's amazing. Like in his don't forget Messi. Yeah, but again, like he sort of drifts <laughs> off to the right hand side, so he's not like a traditional striker. Lewandowski is like a traditional striker with link up play. He's amazing, and his goal scoring record is just like I I know it's easy to have a bind of one, you know, seven straight, eight straight, or whatever, but like. His record is unbelievable, and mm. in, an, in an era where we've sort of gotten used to Ronaldo and Messi, and you're expecting a goal a game, like he's very close. And without them in the game, like he's what's eighty five percent of games he's scoring or something. That's yeah. crazy. 
I don't so know about the other curious. other two, but that last little bit there, job that was definitely a G up from me. I, I was sort of taking the piss. I think I think Lewandowski is super well known, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if the other two are or not. Take, yeah. take the hook out of your mouth, job. Um, I would yeah. I would like to. Obviously, he's got an amazing goal scoring record. Um, but I, yeah, I'd love to see him. You make a little bit of noise about moving, um, this summer. So I'd like to see him move, um, and just do it in, in another league as well. Not to prove anything to. To anyone, I think that's already done just for my own enjoyment, really. He's got the physique for a move, I think. If um, He's in relatively good nick. Yeah, a lot of talk about biological age this week, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we'll move on because I've hit a nerve for Jobber there. So uh, next one we want to go to here is uh, you know, just when people were in Australia didn't think their, their week could get any worse, uh, Super League 2.0 has reared its ugly head again. Uh it's apparently it's happening. It's on its way back. Madrid, Barca, and Juventus, as most people know, are still uh, in the Super League. Technically, they haven't officially sort of withdrawn from it. They're still in the league, and now apparently they've uh, hired Flint Consulting Agency, um, who are known lobbyists uh, and can get uh, really good at getting these secret backroom deals done. So there was a good article in um, Spiegel, which I believe is a German media outlet, and uh, they had they had actually got a copy of the um, the report or like the mandate that they've sort of um, written up and what their plan of attack is. And there's some interesting points. This they've so they've uh, so Flint Consulting Agencies are first class contacts has first class contacts with parliamentarians and authorities. Their specialty is discreetly paving the way for difficult projects. So. Tick there because this is an extremely difficult project. Oh, I'll translate as you go, Barney. Um, bribery, that one. Next. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Uh, so, friend of Jobbers, very, I should say close confidant actually, uh, Florentino Perez and his people really want to push this through the Super League um, and Flint Agency wants to help them and they've designed a strategy of how the league could still be successful against all odds. Strategy? So, um, that is uh, propaganda. Next. Propaganda. <laughs> yeah. Bang on. I'd say that. Uh, and then in the first draft, they had, um, they're preparing the way for the Super League, the strategy for reconstruction, reset, and victory. That's actually the title of the, the document. Sounds a but, little bit World War II-y, doesn't it? Yeah, out of war like. <laughs> yeah, like comes across. Was it strategy, results, and, and victory? Victory. Yeah, what, hey. Sorry, reconstruction, reset, and victory. Yeah. They, I don't, <laughs> Could there be I any more like consulting that. buzzwords in there? Yeah, no, you don't chuck, you, chuck alignment in there. What else do you, you guys use, Job? And, they, and, they, and they've actually they've actually at the in their the report as well. They've also got a list of important people who should be influenced. So yeah. oh, the people geez. of commission, uh, vice president, uh, what's I think her name is Margaritas uh, Shinas. EU uh, parliamentarians are in there, and especially ones that have connection to football are the oh, big ones they're trying to target. I'll translate that as well, Bun. Uh, that's called the payroll list. Payroll list. <laughs> so they're just, so they're creating synergies for integration. Like it makes sense, doesn't it? Ah, there you go. <laughs> Thanks for the translation back into buzzwords for us. Um, yes, yeah, so I love. I love that they have a list of people to influence. Like, it's, it's very underhand. Like it's not even underhanded because you're naming them, but you're like, here's the people that. Like I think FIFA had a list similar. It was like Sepp Blatter, um, <laughs> Warner, the bloke from Trinidad. Like all the boys were on the list. <laughs> But is this, is this their way of just getting ahead of it? Because usually something like this happens, the Super League's created, and then this big report comes out finding all this. They're just like, oh, just have it first up and we'll still get it through. It's almost like a 
bit of a confidence, like arrogance. So we can still Put get your corruption in plain you, sight. Yeah, 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 yeah. corruption yeah. in plain sight. I, I feel at this point, just go and make your Super League then. Like as long as none of the Premier League teams go, yeah, I, I really don't think it enjoy my it impacts my enjoyment of football that much because. Like imagine the league where what is there three teams there four teams there and they might be able to pull another one or two which are honestly um, nowhere near the quality of the Premier League teams that pulled out so go on go on make your little Super League um, yeah. two point oh and 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 leave leave the Premier League Madrid and Barca fans uh, majority of them will eat that up like they uh, have very little knowledge of football I find generally don't but they? but it's not it's like at, like so they're going to make it it's not, and it's not a Super the League anymore is it fans. like it's just not. Like yeah, it's just a league. About it. Yeah, it's just a no. league. If, if you have Messi, if, it's a conference yeah, if, league. If you don't, yeah. if you don't have a Premier League team in there, then it's there's no way it's gonna like last. It's not gonna get the appeal from like the the fans enough, and it's just gonna fall on its head for sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what do they got at the moment? They just have Arsenal. Like Arsenal want to avoid relegation, <laughs> get out of the Prem. <laughs> like, oh, we, we didn't get relegated. We, we left. <laughs> Arsenal, Arsenal and Norwich. <laughs> they really enjoy. They really <laughs> enjoy getting pumped Why five new a week. All right. All right, let's move on from that crap. <laughs> let's move on to some more positive news, especially for Jobber. A bit of transfer news. Oh, yeah. All righty. So, we talked about it on Friday, and it looks like Ronaldo was set to go to City. In steps one Alexander Ferguson. He's still pulling United out, out, of the, out from uh, defeat right at the death. Even he actually, I was really impressed with this because um, Fergie managed to pull this back in Fergie time to get the deal done. I fucking hate. I hate this story. I, <laughs> so hate, Joe, I hate the Joe. implication that he fixed it. All he did was call him like he <laughs> like he would sort of once a month anyway. And um, Man City pulled out the deal. There's, there's no Probably. sure no. We did job. It. job. Can you, <laughs> you can did, you walk us hate, through your Saturday morning? I hate the that Sir Alex did. No, I can't. Just a recap of the timelines. Uh, so recap morning. of the timelines on Saturday morning. So I went to bed about 11 o'clock Friday night and I was like, shit, he's off to me. In tears. City. Uh, so not in tears, but I did. I told you I felt sick on Friday and I still felt sick going to bed. I was like, it just can't happen. Um, went to bed and I was steaming. Took me ages to get to sleep. Woke up about 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, as do, picked my phone up, had a look, and I was like, Ronaldo to Manchester City. So I went and verified that probably... 15 times on different websites, wherever I could see to make sure it was leg- legitimate. And then um, I woke my partner up and I was like, you're not going to believe it. We've got Ronaldo. She's like, oh, wow, that's a, that's amazing. Like, that's that's great news. I can't believe it. And then um, probably about five minutes later with me sort of rattling off stats, being like, we've got him. She's like, you're going to have to go get out. Like, either go to sleep or get out of We're here. We're done. This is over. So, <laughs> so, I, so I went for a bike ride for about two and a half hours to try and like get rid of some energy running through my body. Just two and a half hours. Yeah, she still she, couldn't get rid of her it favorite, all. Yeah. Her favorite team previously was Burnley. Um, and she said to me, I've officially transferred from Burnley over to Manchester United with Ronaldo. So two big transfers on a personal level for me that day. Double deal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah double that, deal. that's cool. So you got two plastic fans inside your house. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so, Jumbo, were you just confirming that transfer with the Daily Mail and the Sun? Yeah, Daily Mail. Just all those all your, tier all your five. Favorite, yeah. yeah. Tier five, you call them. So, Favorite media so, so, Job, now we've got that emotional rubbish out, out of the way, how you want him back and all the rest of it. Like, Talk to us about how he's going to fit into the team and why does he hate um, Mason Greenwood and um, and his development? Yeah, well, I, I don't understand why there's so much hate on uh, Manchester United because like Manchester City have a deeper squad than Manchester United. When Phil Foden's on the pine, no one's like, oh, Guardiola, you have to start him every game. Like, It's just part of developing as a footballer. Mason Greenwood's still in the 19 in a red-hot, 
bit of form right now, but he's not going to stay that way the whole season. Like he's 19. Um, so I think I think he fits into the squad as the number one striker. Edison Cavani's injury record's not great. And Mason Greenwood, like if you're Mason Greenwood at 19, you're happy to sit on the pine for Ronaldo because there's so much you're going to pick up every day that's going to set you up for a career for, you know, 15 years. Like this season, yep, he's going to spend more time on the pine than he would have. But he went through patches last season where he struggled a bit. Yeah. And I think it'll be the same this year. So I think I think he just has to play. He's the B striker. But you're talking about the one of probably one of the greatest strikers in the history of the game. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think he'll he'll probably um, you know walk straight into that team, and Greenwood will be the the guy who misses out on a lot of game time. But as you say, that's fine. He'll probably learn way more um, training and playing bit parts in games than he um, would sort of almost anywhere else, and almost playing at another club. Um, and Cavani, he's also mentioned um, that. He plans on traveling for all of the um, all of these international fixtures as well, um, and some of the countries that he's going to are on the red list for England. So when mm. he comes back, he's going to have to quarantine, miss a bunch of games. Um, and I think Manchester and I have already had a conversation with him about this, and he said, "I don't care, I'm going anyway. Um, mm. If I have to quarantine, I have to quarantine." So he's going to miss a bunch of games as well, really. So yeah, I think it's great that um, that Ronaldo's back there. I'm just happy to see him back in the prem. There are going to be some people who are going to miss out on some minutes, but it's all for the greater good. The one last thing I want to cover on this um, before I ask what you guys what you think is that a lot of people carrying on about how he's 36 um, and you know potentially um, what that means. Well, the answer to that is he scored more goals in in Serie A than Rom did last year, and everyone's telling me how great the signing um, Lukaku was. And then the other thing about him being 36 is. They're Manchester United. They're here to win a title like now, like right now. They're not here to win a title in three years' time, five years' time or anything. Like they buy finished products. They want to win the title right now. They want to win the Champions League right now. So therefore, you have to buy the best player in the world right now and and he's it. So yeah, I think it's a great deal. If you you are worried about... If you're someone who's worried about um, Ronaldo's fitness or his energy levels at 36, then you haven't watched, seen, or read anything he's done in the past 10 years because he's by far the hardest worker and he will be the hardest worker out of anyone at Man United and probably one of the fittest at that club. He never gets injured. No, never does. Well, our um, our Facebook account got into a back and forth. Um, I don't know who that was. Um, But got into a back and forth with a a guy I was talking about, oh, great, he'll be injured. You look at his his 36, he'll be injured in a couple of weeks. As you say, Holes, he's never injured. He's had yeah. two two injuries, right? He had that knee injury um, at the at the Euros with, that they won, um, which cost him a couple of months, and then he had uh, patella tendinopathy like a, a few years ago when he was at Real Madrid. Um, but apart yeah. from that, he's never injured. Yeah, because he works so hard and he looks after himself, and he's always on the agua. Sure, no, I think that was Sandra from our social team who Sandra. was uh, who was yeah, throwing those I comments out. Sandra she's gone. Drop those last couple of comments. She, she was, went a bit personal at the end. Um, quick one from me. So obviously you get Cristiano Ronaldo into a pretty good squad already, still potentially lacking a defensive midfielder, and we'll get into that later. But um, how much pressure is now on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? He's yeah. such – I think I said this to you on, on Saturday night when we were watching some of the games that just in that whole squad uh, team environment, uh, Ole would just be such a beta in that whole environment and just wouldn't be able to command the dressing room whatsoever. I don't think. What do you reckon? Yeah, that that might be true, Halsey. But um, I'll tell you, I thought the same thing of Zidane when he first went there, right? Like he wasn't going to be one of the guys who walk into a dressing room and 
you know, turn the hairdryer treatment or anything like that. I think when you when your squad has that list, you almost need to be um, like one of the extremes, right? So you need to be extreme like Guardiola and like micromanage everything down to what players are like drinking and down to what's inside the vending machines inside the um, the training center. Or you need to be the other extreme where you're just managing people and, and personalities. Carlo? And I, and yeah, Carlo's like that. Zizou's like that. Um, yeah, I think I think um, yeah, I agree. Ollie will be like that too. I just don't know if he even will have that with some of those big, big egos. Just, that's the only concern. He, he'll probably prove me wrong, but you know, but there's, he has, there's he has some the big personalities. There, right? Yeah, there's big personalities yeah. in there that can do that for him. Like Ronaldo is going to be setting yeah. the standard. Like Bruno Fernandes is going to be driving the standard. Harry Maguire is apparently quite good at that sort of stuff as well. So like he doesn't need to be the the alpha in there. I think there's Ronaldo is going to be the alpha. Like, I don't think there's any doubt yeah. about that. I think they'll be rocking that Portugal Euro model where um, the manager is, you know, by title only. Ronaldo picks the team. Ronaldo says who makes the subs. Like, and if you win the Champions League, who cares? Yeah, I, I agree. I think he, he'll, Oli, if he tries to manage like that, this, this dressing room will turn against him or the team will fall apart. He, he's got no choice but to be a, sort of a passive manager. Um, and just, yeah, manage the personalities and, and pull the, the team together. But you can do that when you've got this type of quality of players. Like if you go down to um, like Sean Dyche or someone like that, you can't run that um, Burnley team like that because they just don't have the characters in the, in the trophy cabinet. All right, boys, last one before we move into the fixtures. How many goals will you get this year? Give me a quick one. I think you're going to see 22 goals in the Premier League. Yeah, I'd say about 20. I'm going to say, I'll say 18. A bunch of assists, Eric. Job, yeah. honest opinion. I reckon fifteen in the prem, yeah, I reckon and then outside in of the prem. prem. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. fifteen yeah. in the prem from him would be good. I think that'd yeah, be you wouldn't be good, upset good, with that at all. A, a good season. All right, let's let's move on quickly just to this one. We just want to quickly touch on because it was very unusual. So William is uh, torn up his contract at Arsenal, which was two hundred and fifty k a week, I think it was, and he's um, yeah two years left on it, and he's gone. Uh, back to Corinthians, I believe, in the Brazilian league. Um, so hasn't hasn't done an ozil and just sat on the pine and collected his paycheck. He's um, he's torn it up. He's gone back to Corinthians. Shauno, what do you think of this? Yeah, I thought this was a bit, little bit unusual actually, because he was just so like widely loved by the Arsenal fans. So yeah, obviously uh, an odd move for Willian. <laughs> no, like if I think if you're Willian and you want to sit there and collect your cash, I think I would. Would not hold that against him one bit, right? He's at the end of his career, um, and and Arsenal offered him the deal. All he did was sign it. So, yeah, I wouldn't have a problem if he sat there and collected his um, cash. I do have a problem with that if you're sort of at the younger part of your career, and you know you can develop into into something. But yeah, Williams at the end end of his career, more than happy for him to collect that cash. But yeah, obviously he wants to play football and go home. So yeah, I feel fine about this deal really. Apparently, he's taken a 70% wage reduction as well at Corinthians. So, man of the year. Probably still be all right. It's very honorable, isn't it? Way to finish. Like, even though things aren't going particularly well, it's the honorable thing to do. Um, And it's it's quite romantic as well, going back to Brazil. So, I'm I'm a huge fan. I think it makes me like him more doing this. Apparently, Brazilian players do that, don't they, though, too? Yeah, Argentinians and Brazilians love to go back to their home home club. I mean, it's 20 million that Arsenal won't have to pay him, which is very good for them in the current situation. They'll waste that. They'll waste that. Oh, for sure. (laughs) All right. Speaking of Arsenal, let's move on and talk about their thrashing at the hands of City and what a shit show it was from them. So, I mean, we all saw this coming a mile off. Um, I think I was the only one who didn't say 
five and I look pretty silly now. Uh, but yeah, City absolutely put him to the sword. And from what I saw, Arsenal were pretty terrible from the outset. Didn't look threatening at all. The only time they looked threatening is when uh, City were 2-0 up and Edison was mucking around with it in the back line and almost gave away a goal. <laughs> yeah. Josh, what do you think of the so, game? Yeah, so I think I said it Saturday night as well, but I'll just reiterate that that seemed to be one of the worst performances from a sports team I've seen what? in recent memory. Jeez. Not just like, obviously, losing 5-0 is one thing, but that second half, they just looked like they didn't give a shit and and it showed. And I don't know, that just that irked me a bit, I think, just that. Like, there's one thing not to track back if you're sort of that lazy player, but nobody was like having a second attempt at the ball, closing down, or like throwing their hands up in the air every time. It just looked, it was embarrassing, that second half. I mean, I, I it think, was bad. I think, Jobber, you and I spoke about this where um, you know, your manager and Arteta in this situation says to the team, boys, we're up against it today. You know, Man City, all their riches, we're playing them at home. It's going to be a tough game. Just keep it, stay in the game for the first 15, seven minutes in, copped a goal, 1 0, 12 minutes, 2 0. Uh, and then a red card um, at what, 34 minutes. And like your day's just absolutely fucked at that point. So, let, an let's touch on the red killer. card as well. What do we what do we think of it? Absolute straight red, no no doubt about it. Or I don't do have think? a problem with that as a straight red. Yeah. I, I have a problem with the idiocy of uh, Xhaka to to make a change like that. Oh, I, I agree. Xhaka's um, decision making is not great. The way he goes in, but at the end of the day, he didn't really catch him. And I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be disappointed if that was a yellow card either. I could I could live with that too. To be fair, but I'm not. Also, equally not as upset that they did give it because it was yeah. reckless. He was two feet off the ground, studs showing over the top of the ball. So, right. so it was all orange. Holes in our orange cards. Then, so I'm, orange, yeah. I'm gonna go, yeah, the orange. So I th- I'm happy with the red card, um, but I'm going to jump into the defensive Granite Shaka, and I'm going to say at least he was try- like he did the wrong thing to try and fire the boys up. But at but least he was trying to fire yeah, the boys no, up. Yeah, yeah everyone, everyone else was just absolutely pedestrian. And Jacket cops a lot of criticism from the Arsenal fans, and he will again, and probably justifiably so. But like. I feel like that was built out of frustration from the other players just being so like happy to let them be run over and not react. Like it looked to me like him and Kieran Tierney were the only two players that actually looked like they were trying. And again, we're yeah. talking about a professional football team and they were the only two that looked like that. I thought they were actually trying. Um, did anyone else notice Rob Holding all of a sudden just looks 100 years old. His hairline. Yeah, have a go his hair, what's his hairline doing? I think I called him that? Rob barely holding on to that hairline. <laughs> yeah, Rob let it go. Jesus Christ. Yeah, there's... there's um Played like it too. It's, it's funny how a man who Fuck shaved it. his head can still look like he's got a receding hairline. Like it was so thin on <laughs> yeah. top. It was yeah. ridiculous. But like, <laughs> like Arsenal's defensive structure was so bad. There was a, a, a case where um it was a city free kick... Uh, sorry, goal kick. And they passed it yeah. along the ground from Edison did to the center circle. Goal three, and it went through yeah. went through like two lines of players to get there. And that's well, what just, are they meant was, to do? It's just like <laughs> how do you defend anything. against that? How do you defend so, against that? Yeah. It was just so poor. And Joe, I know you say Jack was trying to fire the boys up, and he was having a go. I think the only other person who was really having a go out there for Arsenal was um, Kieran Tierney. Yeah, he was that's climbing up and down that that left he did mention wing. that. Yep. And he was he was he was going well, but yeah. Outside of that, I couldn't see anyone else in Arsenal who deserved a, a mention. The other thing the... I thought was um, about that defence because we're talking Tierney and Jacka. Did anyone else feel like they were really confused by their own zone and they didn't know where they were going? 
Yeah. Like it was and so like, easy to play between their lines, which is weird because like they seemed to have, like set up, but then they seemed to have it all wrong. And then they're like, oh shit, but they didn't know what to do. So they just let yeah. it walk by. They started yeah. with a um, a three, and then they went to a four for the the last bit of the first half, and then they ended up in a five at the end. So, I, like, appreciate it, the the players. Yeah, as you say, looked confused and stuff like that, and and they probably shouldn't be. So that's on them at least going into the game. Um, but at the same time, you kind of your manager's changing it three times inside a game. That is difficult for a defender yeah. to to deal with. So yeah, I think half the blame's on the defenders, but also Arteta's got really got to look at himself. His, his um, message isn't getting just, across, like whatever he's doing. Yeah, not at all. Because I think I feel sorry for Ian Wright. So he's on the panel at the end. Oh, and every that, Arsenal he, game, everyone everyone looks to him, and he he's the one who has to sit there in front of the camera and answer for the rubbish that um they just keep turning out. Like the players just trot out absolute tripe every week, and he has to sit there in front of the camera and answer for it. Oh, I just feel so sorry for him. Yeah, yeah especially yeah, go on, Barn. It, yeah, I, was, I think you're about to say that. It's it's uh, hilarious with him and his son. <laughs> yeah, oh, Sean Wright. Right how, how do you feel about Sean Wright Phillips calling Ian Wright Phillips dad during the <laughs> conversations? How do you feel about it? I'm during not, the, I'm, post, the post-match show. It caught me off guard, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> he kept, once he did it once, I kept noticing. He's like, oh, what do you yeah. think, dad? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Come on, mate. Like, you're not the weekend game. Like, call him yeah. Ian or Righty or something. <laughs> like, yeah. Can, can we go over to the Man City side now? Like, obviously, we've bashed Arsenal and, and we've mentioned a couple of their, their players that at least had a crack. But on the Man City side, I think how good was um, Gundogan? Uh, like, he was just unbelievable. Some of those diags that he played were just so nice. And he's got that half-disguised diag where um, he sort of, at the very last minute, he can close his body and, yeah, and wraps his foot around the yeah. line. Or yeah. he can just lean back and and have that slice ball that goes out. Um, it's on the out to the winger as well. Yeah. Oh man, he was just so nice. What did and Klopp yeah. say last year when he was in that rare vein of form? He's like, he's probably the smartest player I've ever worked with. Worked yeah, with, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Fernand Torres as well. I think for if you look at the at the end of the game, he comes comes off, scores two goals, but he just he didn't do a lot, did he? His movement off the ball is exceptional. It, it must just, be yeah, a lot because, of work and break, sharp, yeah, yeah and really yeah, yeah. quick. Because, yeah, I, as I said, I, you don't see him getting involved that much, really, um, especially for one of these false nines because the idea, in theory, of a false nine is you're dropping into spaces and getting on the ball um, like a little bit deeper, right? But he seems to not do that. But then he doesn't seem to be like a, a hold-up guy either. But then, yeah, as I said, he walks off with a double um, and he's got a, a couple of goals this season already. Well, I think, yeah, go, Barn. Uh, I, don't, I think the way City play with Ferran Torres up there is sort of the way Liverpool play with Jota in where it's like a very fluid forward line and it's like they just, they're rotating in and out of positions all the time. And that's why you sort of don't see Ferran Torres playing that traditional like false nine. He's just like dropping out to the wing and then someone comes in the middle and it's like, but it's like, does, I, I agree with that, but he doesn't seem to pick up the ball. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you see, I, I, I know he's dropping into those spaces, but he never actually ends up on the ball. He's not involved in the build up. He just makes those runs into the box. Yeah. And they're good enough to work it in there without him. But he scores, scores his goals, yeah. Yeah, 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 he does. He's got that vision. Good for someone who doesn't get on the ball that much. But yeah. I think if you if you if you don't want to go back and rewatch the whole game, just go to the second goal and that second goal sums up the game completely from a city <laughs> side and from a Arsenal side because I think it was a a cross that oh, I can't remember who put it in, but um, it goes past three Arsenal players who all try and clear it and miss it. And then I think it's uh, uh, Jesus finishes with the ball as like, he's like, oh, shit, it's just me and the keeper and just taps it past him. Like it was the most. 
Cedric's clearance it, on that is just oh, highlights was, real stuff. It was the most ridiculous. That, that was Torres' goal. Seen. Torres, yeah, that was oh, first, Torres first yeah, one. That's yeah. right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but just just a ridiculous sequence of events and sums up the whole game completely. So, all yep. right, I think we've we've railed on Arsenal enough. Um, they're right down the bottom now, twentieth after Norwich's one goal got them off the bottom. So. Good to see Arsenal down where they belong, down the bottom. Uh, we'll move on to the Hammers versus Palace. And this was a surprising result and not one that we predicted and one that really ruined uh, Dollar Dom in the end. Uh, but I'll, what I'll, we'll do is I'll throw to our um, our Palace reporter, Jobber, and he can just tell us about how impressed he was with Palace because he always talks them up about how good a team they are. And how round Vieira's head is. Yeah, yeah. Vieira does have a very round head. But it was a much improved display from Palace. I don't know if that's because Vieira's like, tactics are starting to work or anything. But they did look a lot better. And obviously, bringing Conor Gallagher back in, he picked himself up a double. But for all of this, the critical moment in the game for me was right at the end. Our hero, particularly my hero, Mikael Antonio, butchered the chance to win the game. So the ball yeah. rolls down the touchline. He's got to square that up first time. For the amount of goals he scored this year so far, um, against Leicester, he missed two really good chances. In this game, he missed, I think he missed three chances. He, he could yeah. have a real hat ball if he could finish. If he yeah. keeps going like this, I'm going to have to put him in the, uh, on a scale of sort of uh, Aguero to Sterling. I'm going to have to put him closer to the Sterling side, I think. For finishing? Mm. And then below Sterling's Adama Traore, like way down. <laughs> oh, he's like he's like way, way down. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, but good, it's, good. De- it's definitely two points lost here for the Hammers and yep. um, a point one for Crystal. But an improved yeah. display from Crystal Palace, but still West Ham, they'd be gutted that they've dropped this game. Signs, signs there for Crystal Palace, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think everyone here sort of got a tip for a tough season, um, if not to be relegated, um, to definitely, definitely be to, uh, fighting for that. So, yeah, I agree. West Ham dropped points. They'd be looking to get three there. At home, I think the the like well, Chris Powers did score two goals as well. But them going forward, they still look just very dull going forward, and they're not very creative at all. And it's sort of like get it to Zaha, and hopefully he can create something. And if he does, if he if Zaha isn't firing or the other team shuts him down, then they're really sort of stunted in the forward line. But also, I think what's a bit of a worry for the Hammers is that back line looks very shaky at the moment, especially between the two centre backs like Gallagher's. Gallagher's both his goals were just like quick turns on the centre backs in the box, and they just weren't quick enough to move. And I think mm. bringing someone like Zuma in, who they've just signed, could potentially help with that. If someone a bit younger, a bit more athletic in that sort of situation, maybe able to put a block on or, or something, hold him up a bit more. But it's a bit of a worry for them. Yeah, I think um, Zuma definitely improves their squad, but um, he is prone to a little bit of a howl every now and then. Zuma, so just yeah. a little bit. I yeah. think a steady head next to him, he could be all right. I yeah, think. agreed. Um, yeah, so so that'll be interesting. But I think it, it does improve uh, West Ham for sure. Definitely. All right, so let's move on now to the next game we got here. Norwich City versus Leicester. It was a good 2-1 win for uh, Leicester here. Um, Shauno, although it was good for Foxes to get a win, you weren't too impressed with the performance. No, not not really. I thought... Um, I thought to be honest, both teams weren't great in this game. This is like a really low-quality uh, football match. Like both teams, if you're a fan of each of these teams, you would have watched this game and pulled your hair out and just sort of wondered how 
um, how if you're Leicester, you didn't go on and do um, Norwich by a lot more. And if you're a Norwich fan, how'd you walk away with no points? Just really frustrating is probably how I describe the performances of, of both teams. But yeah, Leicester started well. Um, Pereira down the right again. Nice little uh, cutback for Vardy and a good finish by Vardy again. Um, but unfortunately, Pereira hurt himself in that in that yeah, moment. Hamstring. So to yeah, hamstring. So just that burst of speed. But he absolutely shredded Gibson down there. Um, and the Manchester United reject Brandon Williams was um, left exposed there um, as well. So, yeah, he torched both of those guys and a yeah, good ball in, nice finish by by Vardy. But another injury to add to um, to Leicester's list really. And and once they lost um, Pereira, they sort of lost a lot of their creativity. A lot, a lot of good stuff comes from um, him down that side. Yeah, Sean, I just want to jump in there. That is a massive loss for Leicester. So you lose both his ability and his experience. Like that back line's looking pretty sketchy as it is. And he's, yeah. he's, I think he's a really underrated footballer. Like I really like him. He does all the simple things well and he adds a bit of flair. Like I think that's a massive loss. He, he, just, got, he just got his first Portugal call up as well for like ages and now he can't go because he's injured. Yeah, and um, and Castagna came on for him, and and he was looking a little bit like Zorro. Um, his face is still half caved in from the from the Euro. So he's still wearing a yeah. mask, is he? Yeah, <laughs> still got the mask on. Um, so yeah, he's rocking that uh, Zorro look. But I mean, Amate Siontu in the middle. Oh, geez, they look shaky for for most of this game. Um, yeah, a, a definite pen um, given away by um, Siontu. <sighs> that was um, bad. And, and yeah. Pretty- <laughs> Pookie tucked it away. But, yeah, to be fair to Leicester, showed, showed some character, um, looked to get back in the game. The the flow from the midfield to the to the front third was a little bit patchy. Um, Madison didn't have his best game. A lot of flicks around the corner and things like that, um, which didn't really come off, and, and he got the hook. Um, but, yeah, uh, late on, um, Mark Albrighton, nice finish, um, assist from Vardy, and Leicester sneak away with the points. I was talking to Barney off air about this. It's probably, probably a fair result. Um, if you're a neutral on this game, yeah, I'm happy with it. I think they're the good, they're the ones that like you look back later in the season and go, We're glad we got the three points from that, regardless of how we played. You need those, yeah. It's been a bit of a sluggish start to the season for the Foxes this year. Like, usually they come firing out of the blocks and fall away at the end of the season. And maybe it's because Sean, I do think it's they're carrying a lot of uh, injuries coming into the season where usually they build up over the season and that's when it starts to fall apart. Yeah, it's injuries. I think Leicester will be a different team um, once they once they get their their defenders yeah. back. We're playing a system. Um, we change change the system because of all these injuries as well. So I think not only will you see our actual squad and the first eleven improve, you'll see a completely different system that suits us much better. So yeah, I think the, the combination of the players coming back and then adjusting the system back to what Brendy um, prefers. Um, yeah, I, I think we'll be okay. But, yeah, our squad's already thin and, yeah, these injuries just keep hurting. Man City after the international break, so um, you want to get a few players back in. Especially some defenders. All righty. (laughs) Yeah. Let's let's move on to the spicy affair of the weekend. Liverpool won, Chelsea won. Uh, Very good match. Reminded me of a bit of a derby of old, I think. You know, real physical affair and uh, very tense atmosphere, especially with the uh, Liverpool fans in there. Josh, what did you make of the game? You were a bit disappointed they couldn't get over the line in the end, Liverpool? Yeah, and I think, yeah, like you said, from a neutral perspective, especially that first half seemed like such a good game, like one of the better ones of the, of the season potentially. Um, from a Liverpool perspective, I, I think 
after the way the game unfolded, I'm disappointed they couldn't get the three points. It was definitely Liverpool's game to win. I'm also disappointed that, a little bit disappointed that there was the red card and it changed the game so drastically. Like, fair play to Tuchel in, in changing the tactics the way they did. That was brilliant. And Chelsea played that that style really well um, and frustrated Liverpool. Um, but, yeah, so I guess it's, it's sort of on them. And it just it was reminiscent a little bit of last season when they had those games and they just couldn't break teams down like they had in previous years. So that was that frustration was creeping in a bit. But I kind of wanted to see what you guys thought of the game and, and then rebuttal your points potentially. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I, like we talked about it a bit after the game, Josh, and I know you were saying that about how you're a bit annoyed, it seemed like last year when you were getting frustrated against teams, but like the teams you're getting frustrated against last year are like your Burnleys, your yeah. Norwiches, those like average teams. Like if you're getting frustrated against a Chelsea team who's sitting back defensively, like you expect to not be able to break them down. They're like yeah, a Champions no, League winning exactly team. So right. yeah, like it, as disappointing as it was, it was, um, yeah, like Chelsea played that style very well and I was I'm like again very impressed with Tuchel just how ruthless he was just be like straight away in the second half, half not even not even to leave habits on for a little bit and see if he can get something just for him to just be like straight away yeah. nah, you're off bring we're it on Tiger Silva yeah and we're sitting back and we're going to go for the draw yeah I, yeah. I, I think he did that right because um he thought that the the like the points that they drop are just way more costly than just sneaking away with the draw, really. hundred so percent. Very, yeah. very conservative. And obviously, once he, you can see how the season plays out for um, Chelsea, he might have made a very different decision later in the season, depending on on, on what they need. But I think for me, um, if I just talk about the result real quick, it's probably confirmed something that I sort of suspected of Liverpool that they might be just off the pace of um, Chelsea and Man City. And now I'm going to say. Um, Manchester United and I, now they've signed Ronaldo. Like I think they'll be they'll be in and around that space, but I just think they're just a clip off um, some of those bigger teams. And I think really? not being able to, yeah, mm. I think so. And I think not I being able to opposite. break down um, Chelsea, a ten man Chelsea just probably confirms that that what I sort of suspected. Um, hence my predictions from the start of the year. So I thought so, I thought yeah, that, like Habits's goal for me was against the run of play. I thought Liverpool 100%. the first. I thought Liverpool in the first half were the better side. Um, and I think Absolutely. They adapted. And even after the red card, like I think they still had a fair bit of danger from the crossing of Alexander Arnold. Like he was, I thought he was excellent. Um, it was a really good game for him. But I thought Liverpool looked the better side. They did well to break up the Chelsea midfield and sort of have a bit more of the ball, which surprised me. But they did. I thought their intensity was really good. I I walked away from that game being like, I think Liverpool's the real deal. Chelsea did do well to keep it at one all. And had a couple of chances. But I thought this reaffirmed that they were in there. Like, they are at that level. Yeah. Um, and the red card, mm. like, I'm happy enough with the red card. Like, <laughs> it's unlucky, but, like, that's a goal otherwise. Like, let's let's like, discuss yeah, Let's discuss that. Yeah. May right, as well. Right. Is there anyone, anyone so the, unhappy with it? Yeah, the red, I think, yeah, I guess, yeah, let's get that out. Is anyone not happy with that decision? I'm not happy that it happened. But yeah, I'm not, of course, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with the decision. Yeah. I just want to also preface out there for any listeners that might. I know a big thing a lot of people were saying was that bothered them was that it seemed like um, the referee went over and saw a still shot of the handball and in about 10 seconds came back and gave the pen. Just for the people, I'm I'm pretty confident that's not how it goes down. I'm pretty sure the four nerds that are in the VAR box are the ones that <laughs> saw all the angles and made the call, told the ref. He was listening for a long time in his ear talking to the, the VAR people and they said, we'll just go over and just see. We're just going to show you real quick. Like, just so you know what we're talking about. Like, so he sees a still shot. It's a clear handball. Like, oh, yeah. What, what's, what's misleading about the still shot? Then? No, exactly. Like, it, exactly it is, right. Like it's, not, like it's hit his hand regardless on the line going in the net. Like, the thing that people were most annoyed about from what I was reading was that um, 
you, with the changes they've made this year to handball, it's like if it comes off the body and then into the hand, then it's not a it's not a um, a handball. But what sort of counteracts that rule is what something else someone else brought up was that if you I think it's called a, a doggo a dogo, it's like a direct um, direct goal scoring, scoring opportunity. opportunity. Dog, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, if you if you do block a direct goal scoring opportunity with your hand, no matter what the situation is it's a pen and it's a red card yeah so that overruled that rules and that's what that's what was the reasoning behind Plus, to be happening. fair he does he does flick his arm to the side and then forwards to flick the ball out once it's hit his thigh in his arm he does use that momentum to flick it away so yeah at the end of the day he stopped a ball going into the net with his hand deliberately it's a red card yeah i i, I don't have a problem pen. with that at all simple Dad, dad's coming in to sort us all out. Yeah, yeah. And all right. I, yeah, just one more point on that. That sort of on what Jobber said is I, I also think that it, it, Liverpool did show that they are a serious team, in, in, even in the second half, because they had a lot of good but, chances. They had 24 shots on, on goal. And ultimately, the eight chances they had on target, that's eight attempts on goal that, that Chelsea couldn't defend. They were at the mercy of Liverpool's finishing, plus a handful of chances that were miscontrols and, and over the bar. From Liverpool as well, crosses but, across the six-yard box. Yeah, but define yeah. Um, define that like what what you're talking about because I'm I'm not saying they're not a serious team. I'm saying they're they're a serious team. I'm saying they're going to finish, um, you know, third, fourth, fifth. That that's what I'm saying. They're going to finish. I'm saying that this proved that to me what what I was thinking going into the start of the season. While I had Man City at the top and Chelsea second, that, I think that, Chelsea, City, saying. and Liverpool I, are the top three still. Um, but I just think they were better than yeah, but, Chelsea but, on the day. But then, but then you're just gonna, you're you're saying what I'm saying. I'm just saying in a different yeah. way. You're saying you okay. think yeah. you think yeah, they're going to finish third, and I'm just saying well, I had them third, and then this shows that they're not going to be better than Chelsea and Man City. I think. Yeah, maybe, maybe we are. Yeah, I think they will be better than Chelsea, maybe. But if City get going, yeah, I don't. I I, I see Chelsea and Liverpool at the top of the moment. City just behind them, and then. United, I don't. I to me, after the last few performances, United aren't even in the question at the moment. Which one but, of uh, Man City's five 0 wins made you think that they weren't going to be uh, near the top? Uh, the I, looked, I, looked, I, yeah, I looked at the, I looked at the two oppositions and I just didn't count Actually, them as wins. That's true. But, um, let's get everyone's opinion on the the battle of the the big boys. That's what, I was about, that's what I was about to bring up. Was yeah the battle the battle of the big big boys or lack thereof battle was. I mean, from my opinion, that was probably the highlight for a Liverpool fan. Van Dyke and and Matip handled it pretty well. Um, and Lukaku didn't get many opportunities. I mean, definitely in the second half because they were sitting so far back and he, he was so isolated. That's when he but, had his one opportunity. Yeah, but in the first half, they definitely handled him well and just managed the situation very well, I thought. Yeah, I, I agree, Bunt. I think going into this, um, some people were thinking that this is going to sort of be a wrestling match but between the two and they were going to go head-to-head and stuff like that, but Van Dijk's just too smart for that. He's not going to sit there and go ultra-tight to Lukaku where Lukaku can you know, maneuver him, touch and feel him, understand where he is and potentially roll him. Um, and, and Matt Tip, I thought he did really, really well. There was one block which similar, I just thought yeah. was just absolutely outstanding how he got nice and close to him there. Um, yeah, he blocked yeah. it with his right foot. But yeah, Van Dijk, is, he's too smart for that. He's not going to get into a wrestling match. If if you get into a wrestling match with Lukaku, you will lose. And, yeah, and Van Dijk knows that, even if he's Van yeah. Dijk. Yeah. An but instance the, where... Yeah, miracle, the numerical advantage obviously hurt Lukaku's ability to win this. If we're talking about the one-on-one or one-on-two duel, like obviously losing that man, like that impacts the, the ability he has to change the game because the runners off Lukaku is so critical to win that battle as well. So like, it's mm. and he, there was a couple of nice little moments from the second half where like, I, I think he showed a lot of maturity. 
I think he slid in uh, Mason Mount potentially for a chance in the second half. Like a really yeah, yeah. Uh, left foot. Yeah, yeah. and that, that looked like a really, as well. Yeah, that looked like a really mature strike. Like he didn't panic. He held the ball up, put the foot out, turned and yeah. rolled a nice ball. And like so, he had, he had moments. But yeah, like I think the numerical advantage. Obviously, you give the points to VVD and Matip, but like Romelu Lukaku wasn't poor. Even in the first half, though, like they were winning every header over him. They, you know, pushed him off the ball when they were shoulder to shoulder. There was one bit where mm. Matip let him run at him and, and try to go past him, but he just had too much strength and speed. You can't you can't dribble past VVD. It's, no, that it's was a, Matip. A, I thought it was VVD well the way he tackled him, and I realized it was Matip. I thought Matip was super. I think it's going to be hard yeah. for Joe Gomez to get yeah. his spot back. A hundred percent. Oh, I know. Well, that's only, I feel like when Matip's fit, he's a better defender than Joe Gomez anyway. All right. Let's move on now, a bit further up the table towards the top Ooh, there. Let's, shot, let's have bastard. a let's have a look at the old Spurs boys. Got the uh, got the wood over Watford one nil. Uh, another again. yeah, good one. <laughs> but if, don't even talk anymore. Your no. goal was so shit. No, like, okay, that, okay. That was I've, the best got, chance you if, had. If, it was like a dodgy we, free kick. If you want to, if you want to, we want to cut to that. So Watford were defending like like sitting far back, very far back. They were sitting like two banks of four, like very deep. And then every set piece, they had every single player in the box. So I want to know how the fuck does a ball get past every single player on the Watford team and the keeper into the back of the net? Did, did anyone defending. else think it was the keeper's ball? hundred like, percent. Bounced. I, I felt like he could have come and got it. Like or should have come yard, and got it. It was bouncing in the six-yard box. He probably should do something about it. One of the 11 players probably should have put a name on it and, and got rid of it. We but, discussed um, this, Barney, about how I said, I was saying a big, my main priority is tracking the guy because the ball can't put itself in the back of the net off a cross, but you, you just proved you, me wrong. You were proven wrong, yeah. But, I mean, for, in terms of Tottenham's performance, I think it was it was nothing special for sure, but it's it's. I think that's all three of our games. Apart from the City game, we were pretty good, but in the, the Wolves game, we were probably – outdone like Wolves are probably the better team in the end but this one was a, just a solid performance we, we're getting the results even with some average performances and I think the main thing we did which was just um, shut down Watford's biggest threat which is uh, just a lot of like early challenges like professional fouls bring him down slow him down and don't let him run past you because you saw a few times he did get past Regulon it was dangerous and then they quickly figured out cut him down and, and stop him getting past us. Um, I've only got a couple of things on this game, not necessarily exactly on the game either. Um, I follow football um, <laughs> on, on two apps and get my news and, and sources from there. And they've got little logos for each of the players. And what I loved about this was that Musa Suzoko was on the Watford team, but he, he, the little picture of him had him wearing his Spurs jersey. I really enjoyed that. And um, the other one was um, Sonny getting his goal. Good for my fantasy team, but I brought Harry Kane and Same. gave him the armband because I thought he'd get a hat full against um, the rubbish that is Watford and gave me nothing. <laughs> he had the he chances, had, How many he? chances did he have? Yeah, it was there. My God. He looks um, a bit I off, doesn't he? Yeah, just on your point about Sun, Sean, um, is there a player in the league from a team that you don't support that you like seeing score more than Sun? Like every time he scores, he looks so happy that it makes me happy. He's got yeah, one of those faces. You can see the joy on his face. Yeah, yeah, just pure unadulterated joy. I was like, oh, you little bugger. But then I was like, oh, look at him. Look how happy he is about this. Well, yeah, it was hard great. to hate. It was great to see. You always love seeing Sonny score. All right, let's move on to the last game we, we have here. That's uh, Wolves 2, United 2. Uh, <laughs> hang on a second. <laughs> what are you just read out about? The, just read out the score for us. <laughs> yeah, what no, no, game no, you that's watching? Com- that's Wolves nil. <laughs> Manchester United. Sorry, spend sorry. a lot. 
one. So, <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to our listeners. I've just read my prediction, which was completely off in the end. <laughs> Very off by sounds of it. It was United one, Wolves nil. And all I've got to say is, has there ever been a team that deserved to win less than United in this game? Maybe yep. against Southampton last week when they drew. But my God, I can't they, believe United got a fucking result again. It's ridiculous. When they beat Brighton 3-2 early last year, that one oh, was just that, as bad. That was shocking. Oh, that good was good teams get a result when they don't See, play well. Fuck, I knew you were going to say that. This Jammy is teams get a result. Yeah, yeah. So, United fans, the United fans, they, so you win well. Who'd you beat uh, early early doors 5-1 or something like that? Leeds. Everyone's, Leeds. Everyone's like, oh, look how good we are. Look, we're just so fluid. And then you win 1-0 in a rubbish game where Watford definitely deserved a point. And you're like, yeah, good teams do that. Like, Oh, you just—it's a fucking bullshit excuse. Yeah, that's the, like just admit you were rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> that's, no, the, boys, your... the boys did enough. Um, they had a really good game, and the clearance for oh Wambasaka off the line was outrageous. That was great. Yeah. I love that. That was really good. If Dehay had a good game, that means you've been handily beaten. But mm. I, I think I think um, obviously United very poor performance. Ronaldo's come in; he's had to look at that. But um, I, I was so impressed with Wolves. Like I think two minutes in, and they had a counter attack, and Adama Traore flew forward like straight oh past Fred and Pogba. He's good. He's like he's so frustrating because yeah. he's so goddamn good. Like, and he Imagine gave if Luke he could Shaw play football. I don't, he, like Luke Shaw <laughs> is a very serviceable left back right now, and you know Shaw, Carlos, and all that sort of crap. But um, he had an absolutely torrid time. Adama just. Really trouble and Trinkau was excellent as well. They, oh yeah, they deserved to win this game, but they didn't. And then the Pogba should have been sent off as well. Yeah. So question around Oof. that. So that that was right before the goal too, wasn't it? That's what led yep. to the goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it happened around there, but it wasn't important in the scheme of things. Oh, that's yeah, the man down. Seconds. That's all. So, so that obviously wasn't deemed a foul or anything then. Um, no, at all. like if you watch the tackle, so he goes in and, and it is like Graham Sunesh jumped on this, obviously, and was like, oh, that's reckless. It was a bad attempt at a challenge. It got him so high, it actually shifted his shin guard. Yeah, oh, so he did make that. contact. Yeah, he made, he made contact, but he, oh, didn't, like, he didn't actually make contact with his leg. He hit his shin guard and shifted it around. You can see where it hits and he moves shin guard. Mm, um, yeah. If he hit his leg, it's like a red card, no questions asked. But he hit his shin guard. Neves like stays up, which sort of... Um, that I doesn't convinced help. Convinced the referee that it was okay, and then, and then goes they down. played it wide. Yeah. And then goes down. Yeah. 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 It's like if he'd gone down straight away, I have no doubt the referee would have pulled out. They look at it. A yellow, maybe a red card, but um, he did the right thing, standing his feet, and he's like, "Oh, whoops!" And then misplaced the pass because he was a bit shocked by how bad the challenge was. Yeah, because you see the footage of him going straight over the top of the ball, and it obviously affects the way the player plays at the ball too. Like that, that clearance was was scuffed straight to, back to United, which wouldn't have happened yeah. if there wasn't a stud flying at his shin. But that probably. that little moment there where um, Greenwood finishes um, is just obviously the difference between the two teams, and there's been the difference of Wolves all, all season really. They they just can't finish yeah. at the moment. Like they had so yeah. many good chances. I, like I've I've watched them live twice now, I think. And um, weird flex. Yeah, the the Leicester game, man. <laughs> they they should have scored like Adama on his own should have scored two, and they had some um, other decent chances. And in this game, they just couldn't finish as well. So yeah, yeah I'm, like I think they're going to be in for a long season if they can't score any goals. So I, I think something similar, Sean. Like I've seen them in the games, and I was coming on here waxing lyrical about them last week, and they just don't finish. But um, I feel like it's either going to go one of two ways, and I reckon it'll go the other way. I think that eventually they're going to absolutely Click. smack someone. Yeah. Like, Adama's yeah. going to hit the target. Like, I feel like he has to score soon. Um, but they're going to absolutely batter someone and it's going to come out of the blue because they're playing really well. Like, and they're, they're actually quite good to watch. Yeah, they are. Yeah, let's, hope, I've, let, I've, let's I've, hope it's not uh, Spurs. Yeah. 
We've already beaten them, so it doesn't matter, got, mate. Got our yeah, Barney. I, I, I've actually watched every single one of their games now um, this season, and yeah, they're they're getting better every week. And this week was the first week though where I was watching them finish. I'm like, they've actually just come up against a good keeper here. Like last week against Spurs, they had so many chances, but not that many were on target, and it wasn't that good. And the first week against Leicester was kind of the same, but now they're actually getting them on target, which is like. So they're like slowly getting better and better. And yeah, I, I agree with Job. I think they're going to smash some iron and that's going to set their season off. So yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's while it's not good at the moment for Wolves, I think it's going to end positively for them. When do they play so, Arsenal? Oh, let's hope soon for their sake. <laughs> That'll they do it a, for They them. need a banker. Yeah. I mean, they'll be down the bottom all season, so it doesn't matter. All right, yeah. let's move on to the rapid fire results and we'll just touch on the games that we haven't talked about. So... First one here, Newcastle Southampton ended two all uh, with two injury time uh, goals. I think I believe here as well. What do we, what do we make of this game, Jabba? Two, two injury time goals. You reckon in that one? So that was that was a Southampton penalty, wasn't it? Fairly controversial. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I was I was watching this on and off because it was on the goal rush, but it was it was crazy. Than I thought I thought this game would be a draw, but it was way more attacking than I thought it would be. But I think yeah, yeah. If, if you're Newcastle, obviously you're gutted and Saints, you're pretty happy to go get away with that. But Ward's Prowse, what a penalty. Yeah, as far as pen go, pens go, it's a, it, was, it was a good one. Almost as good as Salah's. Oh, fuck. <laughs> now, the bias is unbelievable. All right. <laughs> let's go to the uh, Brighton-Everton game. Uh, so Everton won 2-0 and a pretty solid performance from them. Not something I was expecting. I thought Brighton might get this one. Josh, how do you see it? Yeah, Brighton just... The first 10 minutes, they looked sharp, and then they dropped off for the rest of the first half. Everton got their goals and were quite disciplined defensively. A fairly business, you know, as usual type uh, win for Everton, like just did what they had to and got out with the points. A real Rafa performance. Yeah, exactly if, right. If they don't, if they don't like make a heinous error at the back, they should win most games. They're like, good, they're yeah. They're starting to look pretty good. Rafa's got them like, running quite well. We got Yerry Mina out of there, so he might have fixed things. All right, next one was Aston Villa 1, Brentford 1. This was a – I watched this game and it was pretty boring, to be honest. It was not as exciting. I was we were, um, talking to Jobber and Josh at the same time and they were watching much more exciting games. <laughs> but, uh, Sean, did you see anything notable in this one outside of that? Yeah, j- just really on the result. Like, I'm so, Aston Villa, they've, they've got to win this game at home to Brentford. I think if, they, if they've got dreams of doing what they, um, what they tell us they're going to do, um, they've got to win games at home to, to Brentford. So they'd be really disappointed with this. A stuttering start to their season. They've won one, drawn one, and lost one. So, um, yeah. yeah, so just an unusual start for Villa and yeah, a game here that they would have really expected to win. And they haven't been playing hard teams either. Like they've, played, uh, they've played two promoted teams already. And they've and they're only on that record, so it's probably not not great for them to start that way. Alrighty, last one here: Burnley versus Leeds again, one all draw. Um, Leeds, I think uh, Patrick Bamford came out and said James Tarkovsky was doing some jujitsu moves on him when he was on the ground, but he was loving it. He lo- he's loving the battles he's having with Mieri Mina and now Tarkovsky. Who's next for uh, for old Patrick Bamford up front? Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. Yeah. Got to be Jake Paul after today. Yeah, it? one of the Paul brothers, right? Um, yeah, it's about uh, this how it goes. Was, this was a good old-fashioned football match. Like, did any, if anyone tuned into this one, this was physical. Like, yeah. um, a couple of real scrappy goals, but this was a really physical game. I really enjoyed this, just watching they're, them absolutely smack each other. Yeah, well, they're two not very technical teams, so they kind of have to just slog it out physically with fitness, speed, and 
Good old fashion strength. Marco Bielsa would be very, very unhappy with that comment. I think he'd slap you with a videotape. He listens to the Spanish translation. Why don't you get him to stop running and start passing some balls a bit better? They, yeah. Well, they they play Liverpool next, Halsey. So yeah, I'll um some. That'll shut your stupid face up. We'll see, won't it? After the international break. Oh, fuck that. Alrighty. International break. That's all for the APL results. Jobo, can you give us a run through of how bad our multi really was? Thanks, Sam. Um, so our first leg was Manchester City with the one-goal handicap. That was not nearly enough of a handicap. Um, that, that got up. That was conservative. And we had West Ham with a one-goal uh, handicap over Palace, so they did not win that game. Uh, so very disappointing outcome. Bit of a surprise. Bit of a surprise. So I'll give Dollar Dom the credit there. Uh, third leg was Aston Villa uh, Brentford with a draw, no bet. So that was refunded. So it doesn't count. Uh, Brighton, Hove, Albion, and Everton both teams to score. As we know, ev- as we know, Brighton fired a blank, so lost there. And then Leicester City to win, uh, even with Todd Campbell's late goal ruled out. Leicester City held on. So that was a very unsuccessful week this week. Disappointing. Look to bounce back next week, right? Mm. Absolutely. Um, so is Dol Dom officially cold now, or what? No, he's still, he's still quite profitable. And I think he's – look, to be fair, he's been pretty unlucky the last two weeks. So Manchester United have cost him and the West Ham leg there was really the one that let us down. Um, but, look, he's going to stay on board. He's going to stay uh, on board and just keep trying. We'll bounce back next week. Um, oh, so, mate, Job, give us the teams, socials, mate. <laughs> yeah, good teams win when they're not playing well. Um, all right, so if you want to get in touch, <laughs> it's footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com. And we do have an email for Thursday's show, so I will be reading that. Uh, football Played on Paper is Facebook. Instagram is at Football on Pods. And Twitter is also at Football on Pods. Very good. All right, boys. We'll see you. Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shh. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. 